Hey everybody, it is Nick Bradley here and welcome to this week's show. So my guest today is my good friend, Brooke Casanovas. Now Brooke is the CEO of The Last Mastermind and we're gonna get into why that's relevant very shortly. She is also an amazing podcast host and her show is called After Success. The topic today is all about environment and specifically getting in the right rooms. Now, if there's one thing that I've learned over the last few years, I believe that your environment is everything. Who you hang out with consistently influences the opportunities that come your way. And ultimately, I believe it influences who you become. And if I build on this further, I believe it's crucial that you need to be in the right rooms to meet the right people to create those opportunities. And if I look back over the last five years or so, I think that's the single thing that has helped me the most with my personal and professional development. When you're not run consciously in in your life and your subconscious is running those external scorecards, what actually happens is that your EQ is actually really low because part of what makes emotional intelligence really high is self-awareness. And the best rooms, in my opinion, masterminds. So Brooke Casanovas is an absolute expert when it comes to masterminds. She runs a number herself. She's been to many. She knows what great looks like. And as a result of that, she also knows where a mastermind doesn't live up to its full promise or potential. And her mastermind, the last mastermind I'll be speaking at very, very shortly. Uh, It's coming up in October in Orlando. We'll talk about that on the show. But the whole context, the purpose of today's conversation is just to influence and inspire you on why you need to get yourself out there to meet the right people, as I said, to create those opportunities. And there is no one better to have that conversation with than Brooke. We are so driven by these external things that we think matter, that we never go inward. And so there's never peace inside. We only find our quote unquote artificial peace on the outside, which never actually satisfies. So sit back, relax, take notes, have a think about whether you are putting yourself out there enough. And if you're not, maybe now is the time to take action. Welcome to Scale Up with Nick Bradley, Brooke Casanovas. Hey, everybody. It is Nick Bradley here. Welcome to this week's show. And today I have a great friend, an amazing guest, Brooke Casanovas. Welcome to Scale Up. Oh, I'm so excited to be here with you, Nick. You know how much I love you in this show. It's oh. amazing. <laughs> you are very, very kind. I just said that um, I've jumped off a plane and I've been running around the place trying to, you know, have some food, have a drink. So if my, my voice is a bit raspy, everybody, it's literally I've spent all day trying to get back from a little place in Spain to the UK. So I have to apologize in advance for that. But we're going to have a fun conversation, aren't we? It's oh, going to be good. It's going to be so fun. I'm so excited. Awesome. And and the topic we're going to get into mm-hmm. today is we're going to talk about environment. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about how important it is to surround yourself with the right people. Mm-hmm. And I think within that, we're going to talk about what that really means, right? So yeah. there are different seasons in our lives, right, where we need different things, right? Mm-hmm. And the importance of masterminds, and we're going to talk about your mastermind, but more importantly, your experience as to why that has been such a big transformational thing for your own personal professional development. Yes. That's, that's, that's today. <laughs> oh, it's such a fun story to tell. And I don't often go in this vertical, but I'm super excited. We're talking about it. Cause it's probably the vertical that means the most to me and has the most depth. If you ask me. 
Well, let's let's get into let's get into the backstory before we kind of get into yeah. this this idea of environment and how important, if if I dare say, crucial it is. Yeah. How, how did you first understand that? Because and I'll ask before I kind of get into that, I'll kind of contextualize. I didn't understand it, right? Mm. So for me, it was I was in my little cliques in private equity mm-hmm. and things like that. And I kind of wouldn't put myself into other environments or rooms. Because yeah. A, I didn't really see the value and B, it just didn't really know about it. T- tell me your story about how you started to see value in that. And now you obviously let right into it. Yeah. Well, probably the same as you, like I didn't always do it. And I saw the implications of that in my life, but I would say that it actually started pretty young. Um, it, you know, for the past decade, I have been studying rooms and environments and the the role that they play on synergies, relationships, frequencies, and collaborations. And in the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, I hired my very first business coach and he had as part of this package to come to his mastermind. And I'd never heard of masterminds before. I was just like, okay, is that just another sexy word for retreat? Like, what is this, you know? And, and soon, you know, I attended my first one. And really the purpose of that one was for me to gain knowledge. I think that there's different levels and we'll talk about those levels of environments. But for me at the very beginning of this entrepreneur journey, it was like, how do I gain the knowledge to scale my business so it can explode and grow? And I want to be around people that are also trying to do the same thing. So that was my first exposure. Fast forward almost 10 years in doing this. I would say that my reason and my values and my intentions for rooms have dramatically changed. So it's kind of interesting throughout that entire 10 year span, I was consulting and helping different clients. So first I started in the real estate industry. Then after doing consulting there, then I moved into the info space where I was coaching and helping people to scale their, their coaching practices. And okay. then I moved in even into the e-com space where I was just like helping these businesses to scale. Um, How did you, I don't think I asked you this before, right? So it's, it's, we started with the coach and the mastermind, yeah. but what was before that, before you kind of became more entrepreneurial, what were you doing? Yeah. So I had just finished my master's degree in organizational leadership and change. Oh, okay. And at the, t- and at the time, Um, I had gotten an emphasis in emotional intelligence and self-awareness because I was going to go in and consult CEOs on um, how to improve their employee performance, culture, environment, right? It always came back to that now that I look back at the history, which is kind of interesting. And as I did that, I, I was really uncomfortable because I found that the people that I was working with, with these CEOs, they're their egos were really, really hard to actually manage and get through and actually create change. Like it was a state of being that needed to change instead of just like good consulting tips or philosophies or rules within an organization. And I did not have the experience as of yet besides a degree to make that happen. Just just unpack that a bit. And, and the reason I asked the question, and I'll get into a little bit more detail, is that we have a lot of CEOs listen to this show. Yeah. Okay. Lots, heaps, yeah. right? And yeah. they're either investors or they're founders, but they're they're kind of the the top leadership of organizations. Mm-hmm. And and I don't I don't think this is bad not to go into the depths here. But when you said about the ego, right? Yeah. And, and and you made it sound like it was quite commonplace. What were you seeing? What were some of the traits that you were seeing when you were kind of in that environment? 
their stimulus to the external world depend like their happiness depended on it. So if something outside of them, whether that was like the business numbers, how someone else performed or, you know, what the, what their reports were that day, it, it all depended and influenced their level of happiness. And wow. then and it was just like they're, this they're vicious cycle. State. Yeah. Wow. Their emotional state. And so how they treated people, how they treated themselves. I mean, they weren't working out. They weren't doing meditation. They weren't um, spending time with their families and they weren't connecting with their employees. There was a standard of excellence that they expected. And when they couldn't control that, they lost all control. Wow. And, and, yeah. and did you, have you ever reflected on why that happens? Why does someone, I'm saying more generally, why does someone get themselves into that state? Yeah. Well, I've, I've actually reflected on it a lot and a lot has to do with my mastermind model. And I think it's because they haven't, there's a beautiful podcast episode where he even describes it better on my podcast, Joe Jacoby. He was an Olympic, the first Olympic gold medalist. And he comes on and he talks about how we are so driven by these external things that we think matter that we never go inward. And so there's never peace inside. We only find our quote unquote artificial peace on the outside, which never actually satisfies. And, wow. and, and, and I think that there's a lot to say about that, not just with CEOs, but so many people and how they're running their lives is there's not any inner peace because they're not listening to the internal voice. They're listening to every voice outside of them and every external stimuli. And when that happens, you lose, you think you're in control, but you actually lose all control. Well, there's something else going on. <clears throat> and I, I, I kind of, I'm glad we started with this because I think it's an interesting thing just to understand about why you have to make change to be able to kind of see the different effects of things. Right. Sure. And I, I look at it like this is, and this, I got a little bit of this from when I um, went to some of the Tony Robbins events, but the idea that when you're running at that level of, of what is perceived success or achievements, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a lot of people then attribute that achievement to external validation. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. So I get, I get my energy, if you like, or from the validation of someone else says that I've done well, or there's an external scorecard yep. or metric or whatever else. And it was, um, I think it was the word significance that Tony Robbins used, mm -hmm. but if you run your life seeking significance, right. Mm -hmm. From others, cause it's, it's something that has to come from someone else to be awarded to you. Then you're going to feel a lot of pain around that or a lot of stress or anxiety sure. because it's something that isn't in insular. It isn't something yeah. that you control. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and when you're not run consciously in, in your life and your subconscious is running those external scorecards, what actually happens is that your EQ is actually really low because part of what makes emotional intelligence really high is self-awareness, but there's no time for self-awareness. There's only time for like critique and judgment of other people because what you're trying to control is what influences the scorecard. And that, that scorecard is not like at a hundred percent, then there's nothing that's feeding you or that ego that you're trying to, to manage. And so you're absolutely right. It's, it's all of that and more. So there was a lot that I saw mm, with the CEOs that I wasn't, that I wasn't, that I knew needed to be part of my history and my experience, but I wasn't yet at a place where I wanted to immerse myself in that. So I started my own business 
and started scaling that. And from different businesses that I had owned and scaled, the majority of my experience had been going into other people's businesses and scaling theirs, whether it was, you know, the e-com world or the info space world or the real estate world. And so much of it had to do with mindset, honestly. If we're talking about like what it actually comes down to, yes, it was like sales and marketing, but at the end of the day, it was going back to this mindset because just love this talk about like the inner vo- voice, the inner world and the self-management, the discipline, the the discipline and the emotional intelligence. So yeah, my 10-year journey in in doing this for all these people ended up being, I ended up just being drawn to hosting masterminds, whether it was for these e-com businesses that needed to collaborate together, these info space people that wanted to collaborate together, or even these real estate agents, investors that wanted to collaborate together. And I kept being drawn back to that, but that was not the nature of my work. It was kind of like the side thing that I did for fun that I put as part of the package. But what I realized in being asked to speak and attend these masterminds was really fascinating. I wouldn't go to learn. And sometimes I would collaborate. But most of the time, I found myself in the back of a corner taking notes about why things were working and why things weren't working, what synergy was existing in this room and what synergy was not in existence. What were the frequency of people? What was the mindset of people? What were the values that they were bringing? Why were they at that mastermind? And I just, you know, after attending, hosting, and speaking at over a hundred of them, I started to see patterns. And it wasn't until I finally got in alignment with myself and heard my own inner voice that I was like, this is all I want to do for a living is let's, I want to host masterminds. Let's, let's pause. Let's pause and, and get your your definition of what a mastermind is. Sure, sure. What is it? So I think true masterminds, actually the best, I'm actually going to pull this up because this is the best def- definition and it actually doesn't come from me. It comes from this Napoleon. wasn't a rehearsed. Um, that this wasn't a rehearsed question. <laughs> yeah, this this As is why talking, it's going to take me a minute. Well, and also because I, I think there are people don't know. Mm-hmm. And if you ask me the question back, and I tell you what I think it is, excuse me, say, <clears throat> there's my um, my travel cough coming in. Um, you know, I I will have a very different viewpoint maybe from you. N- neither is wrong, right? It's just a yeah. different perspective. But I'm really curious as to what your perspective of what a mastermind is. Yeah. I I love the definition that Napoleon Hill gives because I think that he was a man definitely it, he was ahead of his time and he saw what true masterminds could really do. He said in every instance when you find a man or a woman of outstanding achievement achievement in any calling notice he didn't say career mm, okay you will find that they have been a success as a result of a mastermind alliance. So to put that into my perspective and my definition, I would say when you take people of like really high frequencies that know what they're called to do and they want to collaborate about that calling and create something different and new and more and help others people do the same and essentially build an alliance, that is true masterminding. It's not just like a mastermind that's an event. It's actually a process and an experience that people have. And you mentioned, you've mentioned the word twice now, but frequency, what's that? Yeah. So I think um, the amount of frequency, by definition alone, I would say that frequency is 
the volume at which people's energy is resonating. So if it's at a high volume, right, those would be an example of that would be like they're in states of being of like love and gratitude and giving. Those are really, really high frequencies. Low is frequency. it always a positive state? If you say high frequency, is it always a, a attributed to, to feeling good? And low frequency. No, is I not. would say no. Yeah, I would say low frequency is when you're in a state of being, or a feeling, a volume of feeling that is low frequency. Might be when you're in a victim mindset. Woe is me. Self pity. Um, entitlement. Um, those. Is, is it similar to growth and fixed mindset? If we yeah, look at that kind exactly. of thing. So someone, who, exactly. someone, someone who's in a growth mindset sees possibilities and opportunities. When someone has a fixed mindset, they create limiting beliefs around that. That's absolutely of, okay. Absolutely. So when you get people together that are not just okay, they've done amazing things in their career. Notice he says calling, like they actually feel called to do what they're doing, which means also as a byproduct of that, they're in alignment with who they are. That's when I think true mastermind happens. It's true masterminding because masterminding in essence, I think is interfered with or interrupted when people are out of alignment with themselves or what they're doing. And so they can't just really be themselves and serve at their highest capacity because they're out of alignment. And so I think there's just so much to say about this concept of masterminding, but it really depends on people being a state of being and the difference of, I think Joe Dispenza puts it best. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's so good when he says when there's a gap between um, who you want people to perceive you as and how you really feel, that's out of alignment. But when you come into alignment, it's like you are who you say you are and you feel as you're being perceived. Man, when you meet those kinds of people and you put those kinds of people in one room and you create the intention, and I have an entire framework around that, but when you create the intention for this kind of synergy to exist, it's really, really powerful. But you don't always have that because most people don't have a floor for who they want to be in that room and what frequency they should be operating. Well, in. no. And this is, I think to give some people some practical help or advice on this show is how do you know? Right. So, yeah. so there are lots of masterminds around. And, and again, just to, to frame this a little bit in the U S there are lots of masterminds, right? <laughs> right. In, in yeah. the UK, there are masterminds, but there aren't that many. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I know them all. And I was, when I first started to do more stuff in the U S I was just, overwhelmed by mm. the choices. Now I've spoken at a number now and I've got great relationships mm -hmm. and friendships. from. So I, I kind of think I get it, not obviously as, as well as you do. But if I'm thinking, you know what, I buy into the idea that getting into the right room at the right time with the right people can make a massive difference in terms of trajectory, mm -hmm. feeling, emotional state. How do I choose? How do I work all that out? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> What do you think? Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's such a good question. And I, I wish everyone was asking that question because then you can be far more intentional and meet the expectations for your objectives. But most people aren't thinking about the objectives for their roots. Yeah. Okay. That makes so, sense. So I would say, you know, I've narrowed it down to three tiers and the tiers are based on your experience and everyone is in a different tier based on where their experience is. I've been in all three tiers, which is why I know I would say like, the first reason most people and a lot of people start going to masterminds is to inherently gain more knowledge. Um, but with that, gaining more knowledge 
is also comes with the compatible component of approving energy. They want to prove to themselves that by they're getting the more knowledge so that they can prove to themselves that the thing that they're learning about, they can do and that it will help them to scale whatever company it is that they're trying to, that they're involved in. The second one I would say is after you get in these rooms of like, okay, I'm, I've got the knowledge. I I know that I can do this. I've proved this to myself. I am doing it. Then people start to go to masterminds for clientele or referrals. I want to be around a network of people that I can do some referring back and forth or people that potentially could be my clientele. And what that kind of room is often associated with is kind of a posturing energy. And these aren't always bad, but like this is what I've just inherently found um, in the rooms that I've observed, been in, and participated in. But the last one that I would say is one of the most powerful, and and it really requires you to change who you are in order to be comfortable in these rooms, because that's that's the key too. It's not just, yeah. So so I would say the third one is there's this idea that you're going to a mastermind to give, you're going to a mastermind to collaborate, and you're going to a mastermind to create. Like that's the highest level of mastermind, and with that comes this compatible energy that I would call poised. People that are showing up in these types of rooms are very poised. They they know who they are. They know what matters most. They're incredibly disciplined and they're really calm underneath pressure. And because of that life experience, because of the state of being of who they are, it's amazing the type of synergy that can happen in a room like that. Now, amazing things can happen in all of those rooms, whether you're going for knowledge, clientele, referral, or collaboration and creativity. But all all good things do happen in those. But I find that the highest frequency is when you're bringing together a group of poised people that are coming for those intentions. Okay, two questions. Do you have to graduate through the tears? Firstly? Um, yeah, I would say that for me, that was my experience is I was in a very proving energy at the very beginning of my career. Whereas now I would hope that my state of being is like very poised. And I say that I specifically went through a transformational experience with my rooms. Like as I changed, my rooms changed. This is my second question. <laughs> so so the answer is yes, to some extent, but yeah. your personal experience here. So not so much the masterminds that you run now, because we'll get into yeah. that, but the journey of attending, participating, Take me through when you realized, let's say, mm -hmm. that there were these different levels. Yeah. So it was the after effects of the masterminds I was attending. So when I was in the proving yourself, you can do it, Brooke. You're going to be amazing. Like go to the rooms where like the best information is being shared. It was really the focus of information. It wasn't even on community because I think when you're first starting, you're not looking at the value of people, you're looking at the value of information. And so I was just like, what do I need to learn in order to do the thing? And then I would go home. I would rarely look at the notes and I might implement a couple of things. And I did. I, I think that there were quite a number of bullet points that I was able to execute and implement after I got home. But the feeling that lasted was very temporary. Then I started 
you know, growing and my business started growing and I started scaling by implementing these things. And then I started learning the importance of people. And I was like, wow, like what would happen if the majority of my business actually came from personal relationships and referrals? Well, where am I going to find the best people that inherently will give really good referrals and also become maybe a possible clientele? Well, it's people that invest in themselves. So that's a really good track record if you go to masterminds where people are investing in themselves because that means that they believe in themselves, they want to further their growth, and they can either they they probably know people because it's probably not the first time that they've done it. So I started attending masterminds and it was really interesting at these masterminds because these peers that I was meeting it started changing my entire paradigm. I wasn't going to take notes anymore. I was looking for the gaps in the agenda where I could like have the (laughs) one-on-one conversations. And I'm like, wait, why isn't this more in the agenda? Like this is, this is what is actually making meaning out of my experience is these one-off conversations. And it just, it started just propelling my business. Like the people that I knew started referring and then like their people started referring. And my pretty soon I just like started creating this network of like really amazing people based on the rooms that I was in. But still I found myself practicing before I would attend these masterminds, my elevator pitch over and over again. First question when you go into the room is, okay, what's your name and what do you do? And I was like, And pretty soon after going to those rooms, I'm like, I really hate those questions. (laughs) I really, I really hate that those are the questions. And so then I intentionally started going into these rooms and being like, well, if, if I want something different, I have to create it. So I was like, what are the questions that are more meaningful that will tell me more about someone standing in front of me than anything else? And the last thing I care about is really their bank account. How can I just see them for who they are and actually hold the space for them to say what's really going on instead of posturing or peacocking with all of these lies. Because that's another thing that I found is like, whether it was myself or everyone else, I also found that everyone was lying. Like the rich were lying that they were poor. And then the poor were lying that they were rich. And like, you just couldn't believe anyone. And everyone was trying to be something that they weren't. And that's, I think, when the note taking and the experiences and the reflection really started, because there were some really interesting experience I self-reflected on, on changes I needed to make. Interesting. I mean, some of them, the ones that I've attended to without naming, naming them, and I will go through an example in a second, they can be quite transactional, right? Yes, absolutely. And what's interesting though, is you've got these masterminds that charge reasonable, reasonable investments, right? You know, for, for people to be there and they have people renewing year and year after, right? And, and you've got to look at it from the outside in saying, well, it's not about necessarily the new content. It's got to be about sort of pay to play within that network, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? But but I haven't heard any, well, certainly the ones that I've been involved in more recently that talk about that next that next level. Mm-hmm. You see what mm-hmm. I mean? So when I say transactional, I mean, there's a return on in my investment. Yep. The return yep, on my exactly. investment is usually a monetary return on my investment. So I'm going to go here. I'm yep. either going to learn something and apply it, or I'm going to find someone who's going to be a partner or a client of mine or whatever it is. And if I spent 50 grand to be in the room, I could make 150 grand within the first yep. three months. You see what I mean? Yep. Yes. Where, so yes. What, what I want to get to here is though, was there a mastermind that you went to? Now I know you've created, you've had to go and create them, but mm-hmm. was there one that you went to 
early days or the first time where you started to think, actually, it's not really about this transactional stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, tell me there about was. that one. Yeah. His, his name is Dustin and he, he was just, he invited in the room who he was, which who he was, was just a phenomenal human that focused far more on transformation than he did on transaction. And he just, there was a deep care about the people that were coming into the room and the deep care for their, their success and their happiness. And so because of that, the type of synergy that was like this go-giver synergy that happened in that mastermind, the, the level of care that everyone had for everyone else, it was, it was unmatched. And he created it because of who he was and who he was embodied the values of what this mastermind did, which was caring, giving, um, composed discipline, very, very other centric. He wasn't self-centered. He wasn't self-consumed. And it wasn't a mentality of, I give this to you and you give this back to me. It was very like, I give whatever I have to you. And if it comes back great, if it doesn't, I never did it for that in the first place. It, it changed me. It literally changed me because the energy in that environment was just so pure. And it made me think like, what is it that I can do and how can I curate the type of room with this type of purity? Because the type of creations that also existed because of that group was unmatched. What, like what people... sort of things? Give me, an, give, again, for everyone listening, an example of, of what you witnessed, what you experienced. Yeah. So, I mean, whether it was one person connecting them to a health-conscious individual that literally changed the trajectory of their autoimmune disease that they needed help with, that was consuming their life, or whether it was the I mean, monetary benefit of Dustin curating literally an entire network for just one person to scale their entire business or the vulnerability. This is this was really something that actually happened that was just so beautiful that I witnessed and I was in awe of as people also just breaking down poor beliefs in real time because they weren't coming on those calls to posture peacock. They were just like, guys, this is like what's real. And this is what I'm struggling with. And everyone assumed that everyone else was struggling. Everyone. That was the assumption is like, everyone's going through a hard time. Like what can we help with? Mm. Whether that was financially, professionally, emotionally, mentally, physically, like there was just that assumption. And so because of that, whenever we went on those calls, there was one girl specifically I was like, guys, I, I've just had this belief about myself for a really long time that has completely sabotaged all of my professional advances, experiences, and opportunities. And I don't know how to get rid of it. And she just started like sobbing. And it was the first mastermind she'd ever invested in. And I just remember Dustin like facilitating this co-experience with all of us where he was just like, what, what do you all have to say to her? And I remember every single person in that round table brought something so unique to this woman that had been so vulnerable and never told anyone in her life at anyone. We were the first people that knew about this belief that it was not only 
it not only held a space for her to change, but this group held up a new identity for her to step into. And from then it was like, she just showed up differently. One, because we knew. And secondly, because we gave her permission to like replace that poor belief with a new one and start doing big things that she was meant for. It was, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Wow. Well, I'm going to share with you because I think I'm interested in your perspective here. So the first mastermind that I ever invested in, and it's really weird actually. So I'm gonna tell the story because I think other, other people may have a similar experience or they may have gone through a, a similar kind of, um, way of looking at it. So I, I went to a mastermind and the premise behind it was probably a mixture of your first two tiers, mm-hmm. a bit of knowledge, mm-hmm. a bit of kind of network referral. Yeah. And what was interesting about it is the guy who ran it, and I won't mention names, um, said at the very beginning, he said, what you think you've come here to get is not what you're going to get. Right. He didn't then say what you're going to get is a lot better. <laughs> he was just like, he says, you're going to leave this with, and we're all kind of curious at this point thinking, okay, okay, well, we're here now. We've invested the money. So whatever. Sure. it ended up being really terrible. Mm. Now, that's the first thing I'm going to say. I'm going to say something totally that contradicts that now. Because what I expected to get and what everything was kind of positioned around it, everything that was then delivered was not that. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. However, however, I made some connections in that room that ended up becoming incredibly valuable in different mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize this until maybe six months after the mastermind had finished. Mm hmm. And so then I thought back and thought, was the guy a crazy idiot or not? (laughs) Does that make sense to you? Right now, I still look at back at it and think everyone was in the same boat as me. Everyone was quite disappointed with what they got in the actual practicalities of the mastermind. Mm -hmm. But then I was thinking perhaps this guy who convened it was operating at such a higher level or frequency to to your words that he was kind of knowing that there'll be different experiences, but he couldn't explain it. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. That's really, really fascinating. It is. Now, it doesn't make me look back and go, oh, you know, that was the best investment I ever made because I still think sure. there was a lot of things that happened, but I learned a lot. And it's kind of the growth that you get sometimes that what you think that you're going to invest to get is not what you get, but what you get is still valuable. And I wanted to make that distinction here. Yeah. Yeah. I well, think, I mean, go ahead. I, was, I, was, I don't think I've ever invested in anything like, well, I don't think I've ever invested in a mastermind where I haven't got value back. It hasn't yeah. always been transparent value, yeah. Um, but it's always been valuable. Yeah. But I think that there's a key opportunity and lesson there that you're talking about that's absolutely a part of my alive framework and making sure that masterminds aren't dead, but you feel alive in them is that part of, you know, spelling out the acronym, the V for me is value, perceived value and real value. I don't think there are very few masterminds I've been to where someone has asked me after I've made the investment. Now, what are your expectations of this mastermind? And how do you know that you're going to walk away feeling like this was the best investment you ever made? Because people come for different values and they come for different reasons. And if you don't know that as a facilitator, how are you ever going to create the experience with the intention that will fulfill on that? Most people don't know the values of their members and why they're coming. But if you did think of the magic, think of the intention. If that guy knew why you bought and then curated the, the experience to, 
to meet those expectations. It could have been wildly different, but most of the time, the facilitators of these masterminds are, are creating something that they want, but they're not creating the experience of why their customers bought. Yeah. Well, I, th I think, and, and a lot of them, you know, are set up to be just for the business orientation anyway. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and it was interesting in that situation because it was very much, you know, you're here because it's me. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to flip that a little bit and say, actually, it's because I can bring these people together. So it's my, my brand that's brought these people together. Yeah. And then what you do with it's up to you. Yeah. And just, as I said to you, it, it was valuable because, you know, I could actually say it was valuable because I made it valuable. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. Yeah. What but, you gave. but I think, but I think it's, it's worth people knowing that when you get into this world of, or what I call the, the myriad of different masterminds, you know, it's worth doing your due diligence on these things. But also, as you said, from the outset, I agree with hundred percent, know your objectives, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Know what you're trying to achieve or get from, and also therefore what you can contribute and give back. And, and look at the person that you're buying from as far, far as the mastermind, because the person that you're buying from for the mastermind they're creating are going to have 20 or 30 people that match their exact energy and image and values. So whoever you're buying from, you can count on that. There's going to be about 15 other minions that are coming that. that are just like them, <laughs> you know, like that's a really good indicator who you're buying from is who's going to be in the room. So let's talk about your mastermind. Yeah. So tell tell us what it is, what, what, it, what, what it's, what it's for. <laughs> it's, it's so funny because the title of it actually comes off as really pretentious, but there's actually more meaning behind it than there is pretension is so the, the name of the mastermind is the last mastermind. And the reason I named it that was not because it will be the last mastermind that people ever go to. I hope not because masterminds are where magic happens. I really believe that, but because it's the last mastermind that I truly felt in my soul I would ever curate that was finally in alignment to the calling I had. So let me take you back just really quick to a conversation I had with a woman about two and a half years ago. At the time, I was running different masterminds for e-commerce companies, and I was just getting bored. I knew that I had outgrown the person that I was, the people that I was serving, and I was just out of alignment. I, I was like, if someone, if I have to consult someone else on how to increase their AOV traffic or conversion, I might like throw something, you know, it was just, it was getting a little <laughs> bit miserable. Gotcha. And, um, but I, I loved the people. I just, I just didn't like the nature of the masterminds anymore. And so I was in this period of like being a little bit stuck. And I had this woman call me one day and she's like, Hey Brooke, can you go to lunch with me? I was like, Absolutely. She was someone in my network that I was so excited to go to lunch with because at the time she had just sold her business for millions of dollars and she was the most networked person I had ever met. And I was like, I wonder what she wants to go to lunch for. So we go to lunch and she said something that I will never, ever forget that was really fascinating to me. It's this idea that Joe talks about that like who people perceive you are is different than how you really feel. Well, there was a mm. massive gap in that for her. I'm coming to lunch to you today, Brooke, to tell you that I'm probably the most miserably rich person you've ever met. And I'm not doing well. I've lost my identity and I don't know what's next. And there's no significance in my life anymore. What do I do? I was like, whoa, like that 
took me back a little bit because that is not the conversation I anticipated having. So I asked her a series of questions and then to cut the story short, I realized this woman was starving for a tribe and a community that got her, that had experienced what she had experienced and that could create synergy collaborations and opportunities for her that she had kind of like foregoed because she was in the business. So her head was down and she had just outgrown her tribe that she had collected all those years being in the business. Such a common thing. <laughs> what you just described so in my world. Common. Yeah. So common. So we did that and connected her to this amazing community. And I felt my soul become alive in a way it never had in the 10 years. And it finally dawned on me. Hey, Brooke, you know, all those like thousands of pages of notes when you would sit in the corner in the back of a mastermind and think about, you know, what was wrong in the spirit or the energy or the frequency of this room and what was right and what made it right. It's, it's now time to create this room with these people and it's going to be your calling. It was no longer a career for me. It was, this is your calling is to create safe places for people that create safe places for others all the time. Wow. So that's become purpose for you. That's like the epiphany of that's what you were brought on this world to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just been, it's just been such a journey. So now the last mastermind is just full of go-givers that are, that have been successful, that are maybe in the middle of business or they've sold the business. Maybe they're in real estate, wealth management, retired athletes, but there's a form of identity that they've associated with in their experience that is now, um, they've now outgrown and they're ready to do this like second thing with a new tribe of people that can create more possibilities for them and extract their unique gifts. But it's really a, a room of synergy, collaboration, and creativity. That's what it is. Amazing. And the next one is coming up because I'm going to be there and I can't wait. Yes. Is October. It's in October. Yes. We're so excited to have you, Nick. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. This is, the, I mean, this, I mean, honestly, and, and particularly the way you framed those people who are in what I call transitions, right? And, and quite often they don't know what the next thing is and they need help with that. But I get, I mean, it's amazing when you see someone and certainly in my world, they sell their companies, they may tick the financial freedom box, but yeah. then it feels very empty. And, and yeah. I can see the, the correlation between athletes and everyone else, you know, when they've played their last professional game, yeah. I get it, totally get it. Yeah. And you've got to, you know, to be able to share that in an environment with others, to be able to find that next thing, yeah. powerful. So when is it? It's October... 16th, 17th, and 18th in Orlando, Florida. And what's the coolest thing about all these people is they don't have any attachments. So the things that they give are from like the highest frequency and good for everyone else. There's no agenda. Like it's, I can't describe what happens in these types of rooms because of the people and how they show up to give. Brilliant. We'll make sure that if anyone's listening to this and they want to attend that, we'll make sure that there are details in the show notes. And of course, they can reach out to you, Brooke, and find out some more information. So, so, so lastly, just um, let us know um, how they can reach out to you. And um, I'm definitely going to encourage you to go there, particularly if you want to come meet me, because I'll be there. Yes. A, lot people, a lot of people listening to this show have never met me other than they listen week in, week out. Um, so how can they reach out to you, Brooke? Yeah. So you can go to www.thelastmastermind.com, schedule a call there. You'll meet me there, or you can go onto my LinkedIn profile, Brooke Casanova and find me in my inbox. But either way, we'll be able to connect and I'm so excited. 
Awesome. Well, listen, it has been great um, having you on the show today. And I've been on your show as well. So people can go and tune into yes. your podcast. Just give a plug for your podcast, bro. Yeah, it's the After Success Podcast. There you and go. Nick's, <laughs> Nick's episode is brilliant. And he oh. tells such a meaningful story in there that you uh, will you'll you. understand why I invited him <laughs> to come into my room because just just you're a phenomenal human, Nick, and thank everyone you. wants to be around you. So I appreciate that very much, bro. All right. Well, yeah. awesome. Listen, thank you very much for coming on the show today. And uh, I look forward to seeing you very soon at your mastermind. Woohoo. See you in Orlando. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me. It helps the show. Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.